Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we're joined by saxophonist Justin Tibbs. He's a versatile performer from Akron, Ohio, who has been seen leading his own bands like JT's Electric Blackout, and in addition performing with people like Angie Hayes, Tommy Lehman, or bands like Satisfaction, the International Rolling Stones tribute band, uh, Ryan Humbert, Free Black, or The Speed Bumps. You can find more about him from our show notes, but for now, let's get to the interview. Hey, Extra Musical listeners, uh, you just heard a little bit about Justin Tibbs from uh, his like little bio intro, but now we're in the interview. Thanks for joining us, Justin. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Does anyone ever call you Justin, or do they just call you Tibbs? They just call me Tibbs. Like, no one really... <laughs> <laughs> no one really knows like my first name it's like a mystery that's, and it, i was like i said it out loud i was like thanks for joining us justin and i was like does anyone even call him that no not not one bit um it's funny because like when i was in when i was in high school my uh i everybody started calling me by my last name when i was a sophomore in high school and then yeah. by the time the next generation of like band kids came through they just thought my first name was tibbs and I remember one time, like, my band director was like, Justin, can you go get this for me? I was like, yeah, sure. And I heard a number of them be like, his first name is Justin? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, wait, what's going that? on? Yeah. His name's Tim. So actually, the similar thing happened with my brother. So uh, his name's Jonathan, but he always went by Harvey since, like, middle school. Really? Right? And then we're like, yeah, and we're, like, kind of two different shades. So uh, <laughs> there would be people in high school who would like move to our high school not people who grew up with us because they knew we were siblings but people who like moved to our high school eventually who were like yeah yeah you know harvey right and i'm like yeah i'd say i know him pretty well that's my brother <laughs> and they're like, what? because we like we kind of did two completely different things like he was still in choir he stopped playing uh instruments after middle school but he was still in choir and we both sang we both did musicals but then outside of that he was like all sports and i was all like arts so it was like people thought we didn't knew, know each other at yeah, all yeah, yeah. and they were like yeah you know harvey right i'm like yeah i mean like our, our bedrooms are like uh three feet apart from each other so yeah we know each other pretty well so that that tibbs thing i can i can uh, associate with that's always like a hilarious like I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's, circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's probably funny. It, it's it's hilarious. Every time people are just like, "Oh, I didn't know your name was Justin." I'm like, "Yeah." And it, cool. it probably transfers over into your adult life a whole bunch. Well, I mean, with social media, they're probably like, "Yes, who's JT Tibbs?" Yeah, like where does the J come from? Exactly. Well, some people like, especially like with my tag, uh, shameless self promotion right now. Uh, J Tibbs Sacks. They just see. Tibbs and Sachs. So there's like, oh, that's Tibbs. Like, let me let me follow this dude back. They never pay attention they don't, to the to the J. No, never. Every time. Which I'm okay with that. Oh. <laughs> so for like the people <laughs> at, at home uh who and I mean like we've met several times, but I don't really know much about you. So like what's your what's your story? Where are you from? Uh what do you do? Where where are you based? So like where were you and where are you now? Or if that's the same thing. Gotcha. So this is gonna be like a three hour podcast. Um <laughs> okay. here we go. Um that happened with Dan Bruce's thing. We spent the most majority just talking about how he got to Cleveland oh, for to real? play guitar. Oh, and I 
I was just, yeah, I was like, yo, what? He's like, yeah, and then this happened. I'm like, what? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so if, you, if you're listening and you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to Dan Bruce so you can hear his crazy story. Anyways, Tim. Shout out, shout out to Dan Bruce. He's one of the baddest guys, yeah. one of the baddest guitar players in this area. Um, so... I'm Justin Tibbs. I'm from Akron, Ohio. Uh, I've been living, I've actually lived here my entire life. I have never left Akron. Um, Like Akron's been my home for forever. Um, So yeah, uh, I started playing music um, when, I guess uh, like when I was like five or six years old. That's like when I first started, I picked up the saxophone itself. Um, my cousin played for a little bit and then she kind of dropped it and I inherited her saxophone. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, I went, you know, formal schooling and all that. Um, I went to Firestone high school for their, uh, visual and performing arts program, um, graduated from there. And then, um, I went to college where I decided to go a little bit of a different route. Um, what'd you do? I I didn't do music. I, well, I did music, but not as intense as I would like to do, uh, did. I don't know what the word is right there. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually went to school for mass media communications, radio and TV. And then I went to, I got a second degree in public relations. So, what? yeah, I know, right. It's crazy. Like, nobody knows that about me. Everybody thinks I went to school for music. Uh, I actually got yeah. a minor in jazz saxophone studies. Okay. Did you go to Akron? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was like, yeah. And then I I went there during the time when like all the like most killing cats there were playing out um, right now. Um, So like Chris Coles, Nathan Paul Davis, Theron Brown, Mike Forfia, Holbrook Rouse the third, Joe Lehman. Uh, Who else was in that class with me? Um, Shoot. Um, Tim Murth, he was there for a hot second. Oh yeah, yeah, you know okay, Tim Murth, yeah, oh yeah. And I don't, so I don't, I don't think I've ever met Tim, but like uh, I know dude. that man, yeah. killing, killing guitar player. Yeah. Um, he's like one of my, he's like one of the guys I call like when I I need some edge to the the music, because um, he he brings it every time. Um, yeah, all those cats. Uh, I went to school with them for a really long. Oh, Sam Blasky too. Sam Blasky was there when I was there. Um, yeah, and then his wife as well. Um, she is his wife a musician. Yes, and she is killing. Alex is a musician. Yes, I've never met her, so like I've only yeah. Sorry, Alex. I I I I let the your identity like you know. What does she play? Piano, and she sang a little bit too. Well, I've never I've never known this. Sam was our first episode extra musical listener. So if you ever want to scroll all the way back, why am I promoting so many (laughs) back? James's self promotion is fine. Yeah, self-promotion on the thing you're already listening to. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I never I never knew that about Alex. The crazy part is like musicians like quite often get together. So if I don't know that they're a musician, I'm like, maybe they're a musician. But if they never said it, because she doesn't work in music. No, does she? no, I don't, I don't think she plays. I'm not sure if she plays anymore. I haven't really, I haven't seen her in like a really long time. Um, yeah. she used to play like in this first project that I put together and it was just like a standards group. That was it. But she, she's killing it. She's like a fantastic pianist. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. You can, you can, I'll, I'll send you a check later. You know, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the the cool part about all this is that for people who don't know, like, Northeast Ohio, uh, one of the greatest parts about, like, playing there or getting to travel there to play is, like, realizing that there's just quality, quality musicians, like, just chilling right there. Like, I, uh, and I've talked about it quite often in other cities where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, I feel like people think, like, the jazz mecca has to be, or the music mecca in general has to be, like, New York or some other, like, super, New York, Chicago, I don't know, New Orleans, L.A. I'm like, no, there's other small pockets who have, like, super great scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, I always, always tell people, like, Northeast Ohio, Northeast Ohio has, like, some of the best musicians. Um, and it's 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 a hidden gem. Like, people just kind of, like, sleep on us a little bit. And I agree. I feel like I... Yeah, that's what most of my uh, music making has happened with musicians from Northeast Ohio. So I always think like, ah, yeah, like I don't live there, but I feel like I live there sometimes. (laughs) Like I travel back often enough that I was like, people are like, you don't live here? I'm like, no, I live seven hours away. And they're like, what? Wait, where do you live? (laughs) I live in uh, near Ocean City, Maryland. So I am right now I am uh, 30 minutes from the coast oh nice nice <laughs> yeah uh, it's okay uh, so, uh, 30 minutes from the coast yay no music scene at all uh, yeah, nice. so, <laughs> wow you think it's it, you would think there would be like a because it's the coast and it, like you would think there would be like a huge music scene there absolutely not oh wow yeah, I mean, like, we have one music school, um, and it's very classical-based, so not, not a lot of kids, like, playing out. They just play in their ensembles. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the the beach scene really, really loves acoustic guitar singers, like, and, like, singer-songwriters. And that, so it's great for those people. Like, there's this one great uh, singer-songwriter, Daphne Ekman. I should have her on the podcast. She's great. Uh, this one great singer-songwriter, Daphne Ekman, who like all she does is work it's crazy like she posts her this is what i'm doing this month and i'm like does she does she have a day off does she sleep but like for jazz saxophone they're like hey what if you got one gig every three months uh, <laughs> nice nice yeah yeah, yeah. uh so <laughs> sorry we got we we, we completely no this, this is exactly how the podcast works it's just like it no episode is exactly the same format they hear me ask similar questions uh but it's like no uh format so like what do you do uh during the day are you mostly like freelance or do you have like a day job like what do you do what does a typical day look like for you in terms of like music and non-music so once again this is going to turn to a five-hour like podcast um um, so like i actually work retail in a music store um around uh it's called taylor banner orchestra um i've been working there for a really long time um i i also um Work for two nonprofits, uh, one out of Cleveland, oh. one out of Akron. Uh, the one out of Cleveland is called Roots of American Music, and the one out of Akron is called Rubber City Jazz and Blues Fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I work for them, too. I do um, social media and graphic design and um, PR type stuff for both organizations. And then, um, you know, I'm a gigging musician for the area. And, um, you know, I teach privately um, saxophone to a lot of different people. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's a pretty, like, standard uh, musician, professional musician thing where it's like, I have this teaching, this nonprofit uh, job, I have this teaching job, I have my playing job, and then I have my, like, sometimes day, my day job thing. And people are always like, how many jobs do you have? Right. <laughs> well, even if I was just playing, it'd be like 17 jobs. Like, I don't, I can't just play. You right, know? right. Absolutely. And And now I'm, like, getting into, like, photography a lot oh cool um so like i'm learning how to like do that and that's that's like a whole new avenue that i'm really into um and i'm hopefully it it turns into something so i can use it uh to my advantage what do you use for your uh graphic design is it same play uh something you could also use for like your photography oh yeah absolutely and and i actually use like a adobe suite or yeah so like i I, so when i went to school that's what i was trained on i was training like adobe suite type stuff so um i used this program called uh adobe express which is like a Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like indesign well actually i should say it's like indesign um where um, you can use, like, different type graphics and um, you can use different, like, uh, photo editing software with it to create posters. So, like, I create all my show posters. Like any, Same. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Yeah, any of that stuff, like, you see on, like, my social or anything, I created that. Um, and that's a, that's a whole different skill set there are musicians who like never do that like uh, right. one of the people one of the first interviews i did was a with a dude named uh jamie brevik or jamie bry was it? yeah brevik uh who runs uh b-side graphics have you seen that oh, channel yeah 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 because like everyone goes to it seems like everybody goes to him to get their graphic design done. And I was just like, Oh, I wonder what's that, like, what, what is his life like? And like, he's like, yeah, I'm a gigging musician. I'm a public school teacher. And apparently I just do a whole bunch of graphic design now. So like that skill set definitely lends its well to lends itself well to what we do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it, I think it's part of our creative process. Like when we see stuff like it, or like when we do stuff, cause like we see things in a completely different light than like most, uh, I guess uh, other artists, I will say. Yeah. I think it's also interesting. It's like, how do I want to visually represent my project, like my, my ensemble or my project or like what I'm doing? What, how do yeah. I want to like, how do I want myself to look? What's the aesthetic of, of what I'm doing right now? Right. Cause when I, when I make tour stuff or when I make like, I, my, I collaborate with my friend for album art a lot and she does the album art. And then I'll do like everything based. I'll be like, okay, what typefaces did you use? What fonts did you use? Okay, great. And all right, I'll take that run. And then I like create everything else that I'm doing. And it's like, all right, how do I want to visually represent like performances right. versus like the album? You know? Right, right, right. I, you know, no lie, I have a um, uh, a sister. She's not like I'm only child. I don't. She's not actually my sister, but I call her my sister because you know, <laughs> she's awesome like that. Um, she actually designed the the debut album that I put out actually last year today. No, Oh, that was a year ago today. November 4th was like my album release show. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. I I was just listening to it before our interview because it was like, ah, I usually do that. Like before I interview someone, I'm like, ah, let's listen to their music. Uh, and I was just listening to it. Uh, wow. Happy anniversary. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You need to post about it. Right. Like, happy anniversary. Yeah, you're good, baby. 
after, I, for, I kind of forget to do that. No, it's all good. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. But yeah, it's um, yeah, today's the anniversary of that. But yeah, like my sister, like she she drew the album artwork for it, and um, she uh, wonderful job. I'm actually I'm gonna hit her up and say, hey, can you make uh, the second one? Can you do that one for me, please? Yeah. yeah, is that a lot? Okay, so am I crazy or did I see like live content? Is there like a live album yes. coming or yeah? Like- so there's okay. So there's two different ones. Um, so there's one by Earthquaker Devices, um, which is the EP I put out. Um, that's a live recording that we did during the pandem- pandemic, um, and we did it at Musica. Uh, which shout out to both of those places, Musica and Earthquaker Devices. You guys are great. Um, this is going to be an endorsement podcast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so listen to our back catalog and then also check out these places. Well, actually, no, I, regardless of whether or not you would have said that, if you would have said Earthquaker Devices, I would have linked them anyways. Oh, dig. Because, like, yeah, I mean, like, so many people I know use their pedals, and I. Uh, nothing against <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, not nothing against Zoom, the uh, uh, the pedal board that I use right now, but I do not like it. Uh, so I'm, like, trying to change over, and I know you and John Anthony and Teresa May and a couple other people I know, like, use their pedals. And I'm, I maybe, I think, before I end up doing some more Sphinx stuff, I'm going to, like, try and get some. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're based in Akron. They're, like, one of the best pedal companies i've ever had the pleasure of dealing with and also like hanging with i mean they're all just like really cool guys and they're super knowledgeable about their pedals um one of their my liaison uh jeff france um like anytime i have a problem or i have a question about something like he'll get back to me and he say hey man just come over we'll 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 troubleshoot this we'll figure it out and like I spend like probably four hours at his house for like one problem, <laughs> and the man is just, That's so cool. The man is amazing. He just you know he's very knowledgeable. He goes into super deep detail with it, um, and he's he's great. He just you know he know he knows his stuff, and he like you know he's one of those workers employees I should say that like is like behind the um, the product and then also behind the customer as well. So like he's he's great, amazing guy. Um, that's like cool to know that you're working with people who like are equally invested in like their product. It's not like, uh, uh, like, Oh, play the thing. And all right, we do buy, yeah, you know, yeah. like they're equally invested in like you and their product and making sure it works for you. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're great. Um, and then, oh, sorry, we got completely off track. I had another. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Earthquaker Devices. No, it's not. I can't. Yeah, oh, yeah. if I, I don't want anyone to be like, is it? And then Earthquaker Devices is like, cease and desist, right. man. Like, Absolutely. You can't, you can't be saying that. No, it's not. It's not. So, oh, um, so, oh, it was it was a it was an album. So, yeah, I, I released an EP. Um, so that was with Earthquaker Devices. And then um, I released a album as well. And they there's there's live video of both on like oh, YouTube. okay all right yeah that's what we were talking about yeah, that's what, so i saw a clip of that and i was like i'll probably put a, a clip one of those one or two of those clips on the show notes then if they're on youtube so that's great oh, yeah.
JT's Electric Blackout is like your main band, right? Yes. That's, that's what you always, yeah. So like, what does what your creative process look like with that? Is it like, I know with like fusion things, sometimes it can be extremely collaborative. Like with big band, I'm going to come in, here's the chart, let's play it. But like when we sit down with fusion things, especially if it's like a smaller form chart, some of the things that happen are like because of the performance of it over and over or crafting that together. What does that look like with you? So you, how does your writing process? Go? So my writing process is kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> so like, I'll tell you like the writing process for like the first album. Um, okay. Actually, I wrote it at work. I, I wrote the <laughs> entire album at work. Um, and it was like, it was kind of a, uh, so I'll say this too. I got asked to play with the Canton Symphony Orchestra. This was like probably almost 17 years ago. And um, Michelle Molay like literally was just like, hey, I like your playing that you did with, uh, I was sitting with this group called the Speed Bumps. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to. Yeah, uh, uh, what's the dude's name? Kevin Martinez. Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, I was I like, Kevin I remember Martinez. that. Uh, and, um, he like she was just like yeah you know yeah do you have any music and i was like at the time i was in this group called acid cats um mm-hmm. which also very killing jazz fusion group uh shout out tommy layman and all those cats uh <laughs> you guys oh I, I i have to hold a thought about acid cats yeah. that i realized so keep going okay yeah so um i was in that group and i was like i have one tune with them but i'm working out some other ones she's like well do you think you can get it ready within like two or three years and i was like yeah i can definitely do that like so i started writing started writing i was driving 98 honda civic um at the time the radio went out in it so i was driving around in a car with no radio radio. oh my gosh nothing um i eventually like went to the junkyard and like uh pulled out a radio and put one in there but yeah i rode around in my car for like maybe a year year or two no radio, just kind of, and I started like coming up with like melodies and like humming stuff. And then I put chords to it. Um, and I'm not really a piano player. Um, so it, the, the chordal harmony stuff, like that took me a really long time to figure out, but past that I put it on like, um, like I started putting parts on like garage band and like kind of, mm-hmm making loops out of that and then i uh would play my saxophone with it and that's how that album came about it's like just because i i didn't listen to any music when i was going to places for like a year or two straight and melody started coming out um now the process is a little bit different um well not really it's kind of the same except for the like i'm not i have a better car and you know i listen to music in the car while driving but there are times like i still like turn off the radio and try to see what i can come up with while in the car and playing Um, or what i'll do is i'll um i'll you know you know the diddle looper you ever mess with that before the diddle looper. yeah so it's a looping pedal um it's a it's it's a great looping pedal. it's a one button looping pedal at least the one i have and I'll come up with like maybe like a bass line. Okay. And then from there I'll do like a melody or something over top of it. And then I'll try to figure out the chords from there. 
So is so I, I I do something similar when it comes to like syncs music, except I'm just like I'll I'll record it into the phone. Oh yeah, I do that too. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Voice memos is like this is stuff. I went through and I like it was maybe like uh like 40, 50 voice memos, and I was like, what are these? And then I would play it. I'm like, oh, this is that chart. Yeah. Oh, this is that chart. Like since like 2017, I'm like, oh. Oh, hey, look at how much stuff I would just sing in my phone. So, like, not with a looper, though, because uh, I don't have a looper pedal. So, I mean, you, you can even yeah. do it with, um, I mean, you can even do it with, like, with GarageBand. I mean, that's. Yeah, you, true. You could just, yeah, like, record it in there. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah, like, I would, I would just come up with stuff like that. Um, or I would just, like, uh, one of the tunes, I. I actually came up with the chords first. I wanted it to be kind of dark and creepy and it did not turn out like that. It turned out into like a, um, almost, is that the nightmare one? No, no, no. Uh, that is blackout interlude. Oh, okay. That one kind of turned yeah, more into like an anime like style. One. <laughs> um, and that's, okay. and that's because of, um, Andrew Dennis. Um, cause he was like, you know what we should add, he was like, we should have like an ostinato to this after you get done playing through like the kind of pretty ballad part of it. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And like we it just it just turned into that, which was great. Um I so like when I when I write like tunes and stuff, um I try to like I have an idea, I'll give it out to players, but past that, I'm like, you have freedom to create with this. So it's like really collaborative. Yeah, like I, you know, if if I don't like something, I'll say something. Um, you know, like I might be like, oh, I need a little bit more cymbal or like bass. I need you to like really thump on this part right here. Or I might, you know, tell the piano player like, can you do like a different voicing here? But past that, I'm like, no, nah, you guys, you know, I you I trust all of you. You have full creative freedom to like play what you want because I want it. I feel like music should be an enjoyable experience for everybody and everybody's input should be put into it. Um, and I, I don't want to be like too, I don't want to try to tell people how to play. That's weird to me sometimes. Yeah. Um, unless it's like, unless I'm hearing something very specific, but past, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really like trying to tell people how to put their, their print on music. You know, I think that's one of the great parts about like, in any music that incorporates improvisation at, at one point, if it's not for the whole thing, but at one point there's like this element of freedom and interaction and like, I have no idea what you're about to do, but like, let's see. So like when, with big band or like large ensemble stuff, it's like, okay, here's what you play. Like right. there's too many, there's too many people for you to whatever, but the smaller the group is like five people, like, especially when we all have our own jobs, it's like, here you go. Here's the outline. Let's see what happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that's how I, yeah. that's how I feel about that when it comes to like writing music. Um, so like for this like second album that I've kind of been like working on, um, I basically uh, I did everything on GarageBand, like every single mm-hmm. part, um, and then I just gave it to the guys along with um, sheet music. Um, actually I should say that she music kind of came later. Um, <laughs> I was just like, I'm just trying to get this out and just play it. Sometimes I will pull Mozart and like 
write out write out <laughs> something right night before yeah <laughs> just yeah I, I i love when people like make that reference i was talking about that literally the other day in my music history class and i was like oh yeah you know because like the overture to don giovanni was written like what 48 hours the night before i don't remember it was yeah, something yeah. really close and they're like what and they're like yeah yeah he was super late on it yeah 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 no like it's uh, one tune i actually wrote i got up well actually i didn't get up i couldn't sleep um i got up I'm going to keep saying that. Um, and I wrote it at like 4 a.m. in the morning, like down at my kitchen table. Like, just, yeah, <laughs> I could not sleep. Damn. And um, I gave it to him that night. It's a tune called Friday Night Game Show. You'll, you'll hear it on the next album. It's, it's pretty goofy. Um, but it's like one of like, it's, there's a memory that's associated with it as long, like, especially like with all my other tunes, there's like memories associated with all of them. Um, yeah. the first album is kind of, um, it's about different situations, like in like my life or things that have happened to me. Um, okay. So like a funky nightmare is about night terrors I used to have. Um, oh. yeah, I know. Right. Uh, while I was in like high school and in college, um, and it's you know take the word funky out and put whatever expletive you want in there. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, caffeine rage um, is about you know those little like uh, chocolate covered five hour energies. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> those, those little like chocolate covered cocoa beans that you can eat. Yeah, they have like coffee in them. So, yeah, so somebody gave me like a um, a like a box of them at work, and I was just kind of eating them like candy. And there was like, "You're oh not no, to eat them like that." <laughs> and it's like other things. You're like, I just had the whole thing, right? And they're like, no, right, no. I got so much work done that day. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Like, I wrote seven tunes, and uh, I made I made the promo images for the next five albums that I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I came up with concepts for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, and you know, they was like, "Oh, you're going to a caffeine rage," and so I was like, "Oh, that's how that tune is going to go down. It's awesome." Man, it's good to be back in Cleveland. For over three decades, the Bop Stop has served as the home of jazz in Cleveland, featuring everyone from up-and-coming local talent to the legends of jazz. I'm Daniel Peck. Join Gay Pollock and me weekly as we bring you an hour of live jazz directly from our stage on Live at the Bop Stop. But people around the country know how great a club this is. New episodes of Live at the Bop Stop are available every Monday at noon on your preferred podcast provider. Um, Dancy Espada is about um, your bleach. Yeah, thank you. Somebody gets the reference. Okay, for a moment, I, I was like, "Is it about bleach?" Because I hope it's about bleach. Yeah, I love that anime, dude. Oh man, it's great. And I think like the Espadas were like one of my favorite vi- villains out of that like whole series. Um, yeah, yeah, they're like so. I thought they were super unique. Um, they were like almost that whole show, man. I really love, I really love the language element to how they code everything. Yeah, like how how hollow things and Quaco Moon, everything's in uh, in Spanish, and like like so Chad's powers are like hollow based. And yeah, like all his stuff is in Spanish, and then like all the Soul Reaper stuff is in Japanese, and all the Quincy stuff is in German. Yeah. I've always been like, yo, this is pretty dope. Right. This is right, yeah, because like three different like 
types of languages represented. Yeah, yeah. Bleach was one of my first, like, I'm watching this entire anime. And then when uh, they, like, did Thousand Year Blood War uh, coming back, um, I have not, I'm not caught up on what's happening yet um, because, like, they did the second half of Thousand, well, not second half, but second part. Yeah. Because I don't know how many parts they're doing. But I'm not caught up on the second part yet. But, man, it's so great that it's back. It's, yeah, it, oh, such a solid anime. Um yeah, and it moves a lot faster in this. It's, yes, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. not repeating as much as I remember. Uh, uh, his uh, Ichigo's battle with Byaki Okuchiki, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, how long is this thing gonna go?" Like, right, right. It's just get off this hill, bro. Like, I'm. I mean, the, yeah, the, Soul, I'm not, the Soul Society arc was like really killing too, but it was. But the the Waco Muno arc is like probably like one of my favorite ones to watch. It's like yeah, no, that that's a great. So when I saw Dance of the Espada, I was like, is this about bleach? Yes, like, <laughs> I love bleach. Absolutely. Yeah, bleach is one of my favorite animes. That's great. Yeah, so we got we got you, the dude writing a tune about bleach. We got Coles, the dude writing tunes about Naruto. Right. Uh, so, oh no, there's yeah. There's, once I, there's more. There's more. There's one more anime represent um, on this album too. Is there a One Piece anime reference? Because I just started watching that. No, no, no. So, like, watch for the hook. Uh, that is about um, the anime Hajime no Empo. What is that? It's a boxing anime. Oh, dope. Yeah, it's like, oh, if you haven't seen this, you have to watch it. It's, like, one of my favorite sports animes to watch besides uh, Prince of Tennis. This is not about music at all. <laughs> what the problem well, is. that's the whole. Uh, to be fair, that's the whole point of the podcast. One of the questions that I have on my like pre-question sheet is like, is there anything you enjoy or do outside of your field that contributes to your process? So, if the rest of this podcast is about anime, that's totally fine. Oh, so, what's it called? Hajimino uh, Empo. Hajimino Empo. It's basically about a kid who was like bullied uh, in school or anything, and he becomes a boxer. And his boxing style is based off of Mike Tyson's. Like peak oh movement. gosh! It is one of the best animes I have ever watched in my life, and I'm telling everybody right now: if you are a fan of boxing, if you are a fan of sports animes, if you are a fan of animes, period, go watch it. I don't think I've ever watched a sports anime. Oh, my like, and there's God. so many. Yes, yeah. of tennis. Uh, there's this baseball one I saw where it was like, oh, Ace of uh, like, Diamonds. Yeah, and you're just like, how do they? This is like the cool part about it to me is like them animating the sport. Yes, yes, yes. And and you know how like some sports animes, it gets kind of like over exaggerated, like Super Saiyan style, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I can imagine. Hajime no Impo doesn't do that. They oh, they it's like really down to the ground. Yeah, it's really down to the ground. They talk about like like a lot of their like punches and like training techniques is based off of like real boxing like uh pedagogy if you want to call it that yeah pedagogy and um you know they have like the Dempsey roll which was really pop- popular and i believe 1931 i ble- i can't remember um yeah, it, I, was like, I, don't, it, I don't know nothing about boxing yeah, like it taught me a lot about yeah. it really got me into boxing like to the point where I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna jump rope for like two minutes." <laughs> well, jump roping is a great form of cardio for people who don't know. This podcast episode is brought to you by jump rope. <laughs> there, yeah, man. The cons a jump rope is paying me for this <laughs> podcast. 
Yeah, yeah man. I'm actually I actually just quit all my jobs. It's just <laughs> jump rope running now. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm jumping around, y'all. Y'all don't even know. Exactly. Hey, no lie. I I got into jump roping and like like Holbrook, my drummer, and I like we got into jump roping and we got these like weighted ropes. So like, yeah, I have one saved in my Amazon cart that I've never bought yet. Bro, you need. To, is it by uh? Was it Cross Rope? I I have no clue. Let me look. If you hear typing sounds, I'm going to Amazon. Amazon. So so what are my lists? This is not brought to you by Jeff Bezos. I routinely say f that guy on this podcast. Uh, fitness stuff. Fitness donut in my mouth. It's ballistics. Okay, I don't, I don't know that one. I haven't I haven't checked that one. Out. It's just it's just on thing. What were the what was the one you recommend? Cross rope because they're weighted ropes and you get feedback from them. So like you, oh. you can get anything from a quarter pound rope all the way up to like a I think three or four pounder. They have five and six pounder ropes as well. I have pretty much all of them except for the five and six one. Man, I got during the pandemic, I got in shape. I got in really good shape. Like I lost I was a lot of uh, getting I got out of shape after the pandemic <laughs> though. Me and my wife Same. like we were like, let's run a half marathon. Let's just do it. We have all this time, whatever. So we trained for a half marathon. I cried at the, the during the last mile because I was just like, oh, I wanna be done. I know I'm almost done. And I just wanna be and I've never I I haven't gone on a run longer than three miles since like <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. Um but this cross I've never heard of this like haptic feedback of yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, ch- yeah, check it out. They're a great rope company. Um Sorry, we got, we got to get back to the, the album a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Watch for the Hook is about um, boxing and Hajime no Empo. Uh, Time Watches You is actually about, um, it was a phrase that my saxophone teacher um, said to me one time. Um, he says, time waits for no man. And I was like probably 16, 17 years old when he said this to me, so I didn't know what it meant. And now, like, now that I'm older, I really understand it. Um, I had a family member have a very traumatic accident uh, happen to her where, um, you know, she's she has a very hard time remembering stuff and um, mm-hmm. kind of getting around the her house. And as soon as that happened, this song popped out and that phrase came back into my head. And it's kind of like we have such little time here on Earth, and it it sucks. Like at some point, like we're all, we're all gonna die, yeah. And it, it, we can't control that. Um, and it could happen today, it could happen tomorrow, it could happen ten years, twenty, thirty years from now. Um, so, in that retrospect, I'm like, I should probably do this. Like, this is a calling for me. I need to do this. I need to get good at it. Like, the, I want to do it. Yeah. Like, not, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Time Watches You is is basically uh, uh, one of those type of songs where it talks about human mortality, pretty much. Mm. Um, and then 3 a.m. text is about um, a, a woman I used to date 
and I'm like, I have a specific thing that I was like, it's probably about this, but no, no, no. So like, so like, everybody thinks the song is about fornication, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why because because it's a three a.m. text. What do you mean? You named it three a.m. text, and you're like, I don't know why everyone thinks it about this, and it's like, but it's but it's <laughs> but it's not. It is not. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, no, 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 no. I, no, but that's the same reaction everybody like gives me when they hear it, when I say the name of that tune. They're just like, oh, yeah, that song is about fornication. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not about that. It's like, how can it not be about fornication? It is very upbeat. And I'm like, okay, let me tell you why. So it's about a woman I dated um, way, way back in like my 20s. She texted me one night. This is like kind of after we broke up. She texted me one night and was just like, Oh, you ain't gonna be nothing. You ain't gonna be, you know, ish. Like you ain't ish. Um, oh, like, wow. Yeah, like you, like you know, you're never gonna be like a great saxophone. and all that. And like, I remember getting the text on like this old flip phone I had, and looking at it, reading it for about a good five ten minutes, closing it up, and then rolling back over and going back to sleep. Because I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's gonna be fine. We're I'm gonna make it through this. It's cool. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work. We're gonna do work, and we're we're gonna do fine. And you know that's what that song is about. Three because she sent it to me at three a.m. Dang, <laughs> dude! Like out of the blue? Yeah, yeah. Like we have oh, we have been, we have been broken up for like at least I think like a week and a half, maybe. Oh, that's yeah. Oh. Well, I hope she's in a better place that she's not sending those 3 a.m. texts. Right. That's, <laughs> it was like, dang. Oh, that. Oh, I hope. It happens. You know, like, like if someone, when people tell these stories, like, are you here? So it's like, oh, they're not in a good place. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's not I, cool. I mean, that's not. I mean, we were both in our 20s. We were both, you know, that, you know, young age. It, it happens, whatever. Yeah, and there's like 16 year olds. I have a student who uh, routinely says that they listen to this, and oh, like God. someone will be like, "Young, 20," and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> I was born in 2008. I don't know what you mean, like you know, or 2007." These kids, man, they'll be like, "Yeah, you're old, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, what? Yeah, right. I'm, gonna, I'm 31. I'm gonna punch you. Like, what do you mean? I'm old? Like, like I'll." Uh, uh, don't interact with high schoolers too much, but you already do probably yeah, because of yeah. like nonprofit work. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, that, that age is like like interesting to me because they're just like their world is like completely different than what we grew up in as like teenagers and all that. Yeah, and like you know we we're, we're all like into like Radiohead and like Lincoln Park and all that. Well, at least I was. I don't know about anybody else. I, yeah, I was into Lincoln Park. I didn't listen to a lot of Radiohead, but yeah, Gorillas. Um, like I, I found out about Led Zeppelin in high school and like Pink Floyd, all that. Anyway, so like, I remember one time I showed my one student some Railhead. It was like, um, I think it was like OK Computer. It was that album. Okay, and she was just like, "This sounds like old people music." And I was like, "This song came out. And I mean, this album came out in the '90s." Get out my room. Just leave. Just out. Old, that's old people music. You don't understand, bro. They say the 1900s, the late 90s. It's like, yeah, you were born in the late 1900s. And I'm like, that phrase is accurate, but like, shut up. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird phrase to say. It's the 90s. We haven't passed a century. You don't need to. Right. 
Right. You don't need to say it like it's the it's yeah, you know, then you were born in the 20th century. Like right. It's worse. What's wrong with you? The late 20th century, the late 1900s, like right. ew. Ew. You're yeah, yeah, like and like when you're like time waits for no one, you eventually re- like realize how little you've experienced of history and how much stuff has happened yes. and like how much there is to learn or how much there is to like consume culturally where like you're, I, I get really, really annoyed by non-curious people. And I feel like if, if they, uh, it's, it's okay if you don't know things, I'm totally cool. With people who are like, I didn't know that. It's like, cool. I don't know, like 30 billion other things. So right. like, I just know this one thing, you know, but like, if you're not curious and you're like, I don't need to know that, or it doesn't matter to me all the time. Yeah, see, see whatever. I, see, dude. I'm not, I'm not a dude that will literally stay up to like 3 a.m. like looking up the most obscure things. Like it does yeah. not matter. Like I or you, or you ask questions. My brother, my not brother-in-law. He's my, he's a sister-in-law's boyfriend. But like anytime he has a conversation with someone, he always just asks so many questions because he's interested in like things he doesn't know about and it's right. like always interesting to watch him have a conversation with someone because it doesn't matter if he's not gonna like you he doesn't work in their field or whatever but he'll ask like thirty thousand questions about what they do right exactly exactly yeah, yeah man oh yeah no. i i just don't <laughs> how did we get there so, <laughs> um artistic life that you didn't expect so like when you were even like after college when you were like i have my minor in saxophone but i'm like doing uh communications work like is there anything you didn't expect about your so I didn't, musical life i didn't expect to be a musician i'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very straight <laughs> i expect to have a musical life yeah yeah i'm gonna be very straight with everyone on that um so i went to like a musical high school I quit playing after I graduated. I quit playing for about uh, a year and a half, and I got back into it because um, a friend of mine started a rock band. They wanted a saxophone player. Um, that happened, and then um, I kind of slowly started to, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, I can do this. Like, I can learn some some stuff about it. And then, you know, the whole Akron, like, experience happened and then right when i was getting ready to graduate i still didn't think i was like there's no way i'm gonna be a musician no way there's absolutely no way i'm gonna get like a corporate job i'm going to uh 
or get a factory job, just something like this is this is just going to be as my grandmother would say, like you're just going to something you keep your thumb in, you know, that's that's it. You don't really invest too much time into it. I ended up playing with a ton of people around the area and then Acid Cats approached me and I think 20 it was 2012. That's when I graduated. I told them no at first. Oh. Yeah, it, no one knows the story. So they first approached me about it, and I told them no because I was I was swamped with too much other stuff. The minute I graduated, like, all that stuff I was a part of, like, it just kind of was like everybody, oh, I'm going to take a break. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then Acid Cats hit me up again. I was like, hey, we need you to do, like, a sub gig because Tommy's going on vacation. Can you play this event? And I was like, yeah, I-, I can do it. Absolutely. So I think I had, like, one or two rehearsals with them. And it was my first gig with them was in Canton at this place called The Oracle. I played a gig. They come to me, like, probably, like, a week or two later, and they were like, we want you to be a member of Ask Cats. Like, you, you need to be part of this. I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Don't yeah, do anything else. That, that's really funny. That was like, I, I didn't expect it to happen. And then, like, then I got so like it was like a snowball. One of the things, yeah, where it's like, ah, oh, but I am playing, and I'm part of these things. And then people are like, and then the snowball slows down for a second, and you're like, well, I have room for more snow. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it, and it, it just kind of like. It, it turned into like a snowball effect and every time I'm just like, okay, you know, I hit like a, a low, I'm like, all right, maybe it's time to like put it down for a little bit and do something else. A bunch of things happen and I get like launched back into it. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're, we out here. Yeah. I, mean, I feel, I feel like the new man, I would, I'll tell you like it was that those lows come like not back and forth, but it's just like always interesting to see the ebb and flow of how you feel about music while you're playing music and while you're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, Oh man. I think, do you have, do you have Twitter or what if it's called X now? I I do, but I don't actively use it anymore. Like I used to, Actually, I was never really, really big into using it. I'd be like, I would remember that I had it. Gotcha. J. Cole put out a a text about, actually, exactly what we're talking about, um, how, like, he wants to, like, almost get out the game a little bit, but he doesn't want to leave on, like, such a low note. He wants to leave on a high note. He's not sure. Like, he's, like, in retrospect, like, when I I think about music, this is, like, kind of crazy. Like, this is, like not exactly what I would be doing, but I, I I understand his perspective because there are times I felt like that when I was playing and doing stuff and trying to write and like, especially like you just hit like a plateau and you're just like, am I on the right path? Yeah. You know, for me, you know, like, like stuff like this, like being like just, interviewed or like you know just going to go talk to students at a college or like yeah i saw you did that the other day yeah that was with my um my friend jordan reed who was the saxophone professor down at marietta college um also fantastic uh saxophonist as well like amazing guy his dad is awesome too his, his dad is like 
my dude. He he uh he's a saxophone broker. So <laughs> um, wait, a, what? a saxophone broker? Was he like auction off saxophones? Yeah, yeah. So like he his hobby is like just buying saxophones and selling them. Oh, cool. He's killing. He's like one of the like I've tried so many horns because of him. He's like, oh man, yeah. Um, but like you know stuff like that, and it's like it it puts you right right back into the game. It's like I need to be doing this. This is like my calling. I can't for myself, honestly. I don't think I can see myself doing anything else. It's it's yeah. I I thoroughly enjoy music. I like playing it. I like talking about it. I like um, listening to it, obviously, you know, that sort of thing. It's just, it's fun. It's fun to me. Um, and there's always, to me, there's different levels of fun. And I want to get to the next level of fun with music. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I, I can not, I can mirror that feeling a lot where it's just like, regardless of, any negative associations or any like negative or plateau periods that I might have. I can't really imagine spending a lot of my time doing something else. Yeah. Like it's like, what else would I do? This is what I not like. It's not all of who I am. You know, like I, I have my husband. I, uh, I like teaching. I like lifting. Like uh, there's this stuff that I like doing, but like when it comes to like expressing and and talking and being interested in things like regardless of what else I'm interested in, I always see that through this lens of like music and how does music interact with it? You know, Absolutely. Like- Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's like, you know, there's always different avenues you can do with music. Like I want to try to do a free jazz album. I, I, I yeah. Want you talked about that before we started. Yeah. I, w- I want to try to do it. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I guess I'll be, I'll say this, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm a little hesitant about it because I don't know how people feel about free jazz, but also at the same time, mm. I don't care. I just want to do it. <laughs> I don't care. And it, well, well, it's like, am I making, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm making this and I hope like people like it and I hope it's like, like accepted uh, commercially, but like also I'm making this thing because I like it. Like, I, I want to do it, you know, right. not be, not for you really right i want i want to do something that is straight chaotic and like has a little bit of violence to it so free jazz <laughs> <laughs> like that's all i want to do and, and but that's just how i feel right now like probably like maybe like you know maybe six months to like a year from now i might be like no i don't want to do that anymore i want to do something else yeah. That, so I always think it's interesting when people like have those like one off projects. They're like, and I did this and bye. Like where you list, look through someone's discography and you're like, whoa, 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 what is this? Right. What is this thing? It's, and it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah, this thing I like, uh, did you know, like Brian, Brian Blade has like a, um, an album that he sings on. He plays steel guitar. No, what? It's called Mama Rosa. Check it out. It is Mama Rosa Brian Blade. That's gonna go in our suggested listening. It's crazy, bro. It is. It is. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite albums to listen to. Never knew the dude could sing. Never knew the dude could play steel guitar. He he kills it. Drummers, man, they're always they're always like hiding something. Yep, always. They they are a surprise every single time. Every single time. Uh, but- I had listened to Acid Cats before. There's this, um, uh, sorry, I had the no, thought that no. I had like 40 minutes ago, but then I was like, oh, that. 
I didn't know that you guys did a, a, a recording at Radio Artifact in Cincinnati oh, until I was listening. Oh, no. Oh, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did a recording there in June, and that's going to be, like, uh, next year's, like, releases for the Octet. And I was like, oh, I wonder who else is, like, recorded here. So I, like, looked at their – I just searched live at Radio Artifact, and it was like, oh, there's, like, a whole bunch of people. Oh, my gosh, Acid Cats. Hey. So – so that album doesn't have horns on it. What? No. Yeah. So let me let me tell you why. It, it's it's kind of funny. It's a funny story. Um. So when that like uh, event happened, I was already booked for a gig, and so was Tommy. Oh. So all you hear is, um, I think it was John Kokorziak. I think he on guitar. Yeah, I think okay. he was the guitarist, or it might have been Mike Vincent. I can't remember who, but anyway, I think it was John. Um, it was John Kokorziak. I'm pretty sure. Okay, anyway, um, it was him, Cameron Bickley, Andrew Dennis, and Smokeface. Yeah, they they played the gig because they wanted to play it. I was I was in Youngstown playing a gig, and then Tommy was I want to say he was in like PA or somewhere like doing you know playing being tommy layman playing trumpet because he's a phenom <laughs> <laughs> um, he is he is pretty great man dude his whole family i love all of them like they're, I, they're, i've met his his parents like once but like two, no not once more than once but I've, I've never had a full conversation with them. his his mom is killing like wonderful woman wonderful woman um, is she a music teacher? Am I imagining that? No, she is. She's uh, she's okay. a pianist. Um, I believe she sings as well. Um, but she's an amazing, amazing person. I love her to death. Um, I I thank her every day for being my accompanist in high school and putting up with my shenanigans in high school. Like <laughs> she like she was a she was a band mom because she all her kids were in band. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, she's an amazing woman. And just an entire like that entire family is amazing. Like um I went to school with three of Tommy's siblings. Three of them. Um I went to school with Jen, Eric, and Katie. Um we were all in like marching band together. And then I met well, I I've I've seen Tommy grow up. <laughs> Oh yeah, because like Tommy, what's Tommy like? Twenty eight, twenty seven? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, well, yeah, because we're seven years apart from each other. So like, um, yeah, Tommy. I remember Tommy being a little kid and like running around in the in the on the band field. He's gonna kill me for this. <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember him like you know just being a little kid, and then him then seeing him later on in high school, and then now it's just like oh my god, like dude, like you're you're killing, and it was always it's always been an honor to like play with him and like hang out with him because um, you know, he's killing cat like like he he's one of those cats like he evolves on the gig, yeah yeah you know like those cats who like you know their ability. But, you know, if a situation happens, say, like, he's going against an, another, like, a player or, like, an, or he just, you know, something crazy happens on the gig, he's one of He's those, like Ichigo Kurosaki. Yeah, he just evolves, like, he evolves into, like, like, a different Super Saiyan form on the gig. And it's, like, it's amazing to watch. 
Yeah, there are countless times where we've been playing, and I'm just like a mouth open, just staring like. <laughs> This is insane. How is no one going crazy right now? Like uh, he's like one of the best trumpet players I know, and it's like so great to like get to play with him when he gets when we're able to. Right, absolutely, yeah, man. He's 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 one of those cats, man, and he he's always constantly like listening to different things and like you know working on stuff. So yeah, he's 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 a, he's definitely one of those like important gems to the to the scene. I mean, it's cool that you have this like area, this this scene where like there's so many of these musicians around. Where it's like, not only do I get to work with you and I like working with you, but like, like you're doing the you're doing work. You're not just like stagnant. You're like right. You're you're out there doing the thing, and we get to we have the opportunity to play together. And like since I've seen you, we've both been doing different things. And like when we come together, we're different people each time. Right. It's, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, I always get like really excited when I like when I'm able to call him for a gig. I'm like, hey, are you available to play this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And that's it. There's no, <laughs> there's no other conversation about it because like he he knows like I mean he's on the album. He knows the majority of my tunes already. So it's like right. I don't really have to like worry about him. I, it's just like, all right, just show up and play. That's that's all you got to do. Yeah. yeah, it's always great when you're like, all right, let's do this thing. Like the uh, the octet gigs that the that the majority of the octet people are on that who have played the gigs most of the gigs. I'm always like, dope, let's do it. Right, like with the big band, it's hard to like ever get the same exact people. Right, like, I don't think I've ever played two gigs with the same people, but like it's still really cool to like get the majority of the same. Cause then you're just like, all right, let's do it. Like you don't have to like spend 30,000 years explaining anything. Right. Right. They just, they just know. And that's, that's, that's yeah. it's not like, I wish it was like the 1930s. What, like sometimes where you could just have the band and like, that's what you do. And like that supports your life. But like, it is really also cool to like, just meet and collaborate with so many different people. That's one of my favorite parts about music. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually like why I put blackout together the way with the setup I have. Um, because, um, Andrew Dennis, Jared Lee's Holbrook Rouse, the third, like Holbrook, him and I went to college together, never got a chance to play with him. Like during our, never got a chance to play with him. Um, Andrew Dennis, I met through Acid Cats, and I was like, this is a piano player. I need him for my gig. I need him for my my band. This is the guy. Um, and then Jared, Jared and I had played together, like, I don't know, like uh, 10 years before. Like, you know, he, he kind of, he's one of the people who got me started with the whole snowball effect with music. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I knew these three guys had never played together in their lives. So I was like, all right, this is going to be interesting because people are going to be on their toes with everybody. Let's, let's see what happens. Um, and then just throwing Tommy into the mix, you know, that, that's a whole different element. So even though like Tommy, myself and Andrew had worked together before, um, you know, it's, 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 it, it came out beautifully, I, I believe, um, it's, it's one of my favorite groups besides Acid Cats that I am a part of. Well, I mean, like, really, I'm excited for, for anything else that comes out within, like, the next uh, year or so. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. On your, your first album. Because uh, that's funny that, it, like, on a Saturday that it's always going to be, like, the 
what's it called the 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 day after when it came unless it's a leap year um right anyways um so like if wrapping up if you could like go back to your 18 year old self and give them any advice like what is one thing you would want to say to an 18 year old you or just like an 18 year old who's like man i want to make music and i want to blah 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 don't worry about what anybody says to you be willing to take risk whatever happens happens it's okay. You're going to grow from it. Shed like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> it will be okay. You're going to be all right. It's going to suck a little bit, but you're going to make it through it. Just I I don't like the shed like there's no tomorrow to an 18-year-old. I don't think they get like how little time you have to right. shed. <laughs> When you're older, like <laughs> when you were in like school and they're like, this is the most time ever that you'll have to practice ever. And you're like, yeah, whatever, dude. And then you get out and you're like, oh, my God, I have uh, two hours to myself tonight. And right. I-, I used to shed a ton in college. Like I used to go. Yeah. I used to go from work, get done at work at eight, eight o'clock, go to the University of Akron shed from like nine to almost like 2 a.m. in the morning, 2.30 in the morning wake up the next day and go to school at like seven forty-five, eight o'clock. Ew. Yeah. Right. Dang. I used to yeah. do that every single day when I was in college. We luckily were able to um, like reserve practice rooms, like at my undergrad. So like I had reserved uh, like my practice room at certain times throughout my schedule. And then in grad school, I just practiced at my apartment. Like it was, oh, uh, my neighbors didn't have a problem with it. Um, uh, and they would be gone for work and all my grad school classes were like in the evening for the most part. Uh, and then once I like got in this, I had my office to practice in. So it was like, this is insane. I can just practice all the time. Right. And then like you start working full time mm-hmm. and trying to make music outside of that. And you're like, I just, Oh, I don't know, man. Like it's weird. It's it's really weird. Um, I know, like for me right now, I can like if I if I have stuff going on, like I can maybe get like maybe two to four. If I don't have stuff going on, um, like maybe like four, a good four hours. And which I mean, it's not really about how long you practice. It's about the quality yeah. of the practice. Yeah, I was but, saying like I I definitely I can get I get focused practice during my planning periods at work and then uh if i can like on the weekends and on thursday but like monday tuesday wednesday i'm at the university till like nine i get home like i need to go i need to like be a person for like two seconds right right no i just i mean me personally i just enjoy practicing i just enjoy Mm -hmm. it it's just it's something about i think it's just like that's the most when i when i'm myself is when i have a horn in my hand there's no one else around and I'm just playing and I'm working on stuff and I'm working on like tone. I'm working, working on like, um, you know, just technique and all that. Um, is I think that's like when personally, when I'm myself, it's almost like a, it's a meditation, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've practiced that way. There are so many people who have like an unhealthy relationship with practice, like this more like self deprecating when they get out there. were like, that's, that was terrible. It's like, yeah, you're practicing, man. Yeah. Like you're not supposed to, it's supposed to sound good the whole time. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've had so many students who were like, yeah, I can't, I, it's like, it's almost like it's impossible. It's like, it's not impossible. No, it's not easy. If it was easy, then you wouldn't have to practice it. That's the whole point. Ab- absolutely. Like, like it's, it's supposed to like, 
suck. Like you're, you're you have yeah. to be, in order to be good, you have to be bad. That's yeah. And if you're not willing to be bad at anything, you'll never be good at anything. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my choir kids, like I, it was maybe three days ago. I had a whole, I was like the last five minutes of class I was like, all right, let's, let's sit down. Mr. Harvey needs to talk to you guys about something. Uh, you guys are all so afraid to like go for it. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you can't, yeah. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah. You have to, you have to be willing to, you have to, to, fail. to, you have to be willing to fail. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To learn. Yes. Right. And I'm, you know what? I always tell people like, I'm okay with failing. Like if something doesn't work out, that's okay. Cause that means I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to like, like, uh, try it again, but in a different way. I'm going to like try to yeah. figure out how, like what went wrong? What can we do better? Like pull the Tony. That's what it, pull the Tony Stark. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's what I, that's how I, how I need to view certain things. Cause like I'll view that about practice and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to like marketing and promotion, I'm like, it sucked. And like not <laughs> ever think of that through the same lens. So I needed to um, fix that. Um, so is there um, uh, anywhere where people can find you on social media if they want to like listen to your music or follow what you're doing in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can go to Justin Tibbs Music. Dot com and I'll pull up my website where it has a full schedule of where I'm playing at. It also has like the gear I'm using, um, and then also a few videos up there. Um, you also go to Bandcamp, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, I do have a TikTok. TikTok um, under the um, the name J Tibbs Sacks. That's my handle, um, and I'll. On any one of those socials, or you can just type my name into Google, Justin Tibbs, and I'll pop right up. Yeah, I mean, that is a pretty unique last name, so like it's that's great. When you type in Stephen Harvey, I, I, I'm drowned out by other people, specifically <laughs> one person in mind. So I get very jealous of people who are like, Oh, yeah, my website's my name, music, <laughs> son of a guy, right? right. I bet you, does uh, Steve Harvey pop up when when people type in your name? If you type in, if you type in Steve, not Stephen, if you type in Stephen Harvey, like no Philip, yeah, he pops up. Like specifically, because like Google, like you mean Steve Harvey, <laughs> and uh, so that's one of the reasons why I always go by my full name for stuff. Okay, uh, so I, you do the yeah, you do the opposite of what Nathan Paul does. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Because Nathan Paul has the yeah. exact same problem. Yeah, I bet. Right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like why? What happened? Like, why? Why? Why is this happening to us? Anyways. um I'm going to link all of the, the animes that we talked about. I'm going to link your album, the uh, the recordings on YouTube uh, that you have. Uh, yeah, like all of that into our show notes. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I get to talk about your music and your life and your views on music and anime and like everything else that we talked about. Uh, any last words for the listeners? Um, please support local music. Also, please support the arts and also please support uh, school systems that have the arts in them. Those are super important. Um, it helps with society. It helps with, it just helps with everything. Like, don't be one of those people that say, no, we don't want to put money into like schools or anything. No. Music saved my life. It's, it has saved a lot of people's lives that I've worked with and hung out with. It's super important. Support the arts. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's the the last thing that we uh, that, that we need to say. Support the arts, Justin Tibbs. <laughs> Thanks for coming on <laughs> for the podcast. We appreciate your time. Uh, we this is like several months in the making, mainly because I forgot to email him after we originally <laughs> talked about it. So I appreciate this finally happening. It's all good. Uh, for everyone else who's listening, uh, stay safe and stay musical. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.